It's not. It's kind of, but not really. You see, what had happened was, <laughs> there is a lot of shit out there about Roswell. There is a lot of shit about fucking uh, alien abductions. And, you know, we can get into discussions on that. And we we have to know the Nimitz and, you know, all kinds oh, of yeah. stuff there. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, was, I was looking into shit with Magellan and, like, anyway. <laughs> so, we're going to do a completely different episode. But first, I'm going to say this. I'm going to eat the apple. No, that's Randy Newman. Okay, different name. Randy Newman. Yeah. Different name. <laughs> <laughs> you put it in there, man. She bites. She changed it once. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, that is the same. It, that, that was Randy Newman. Yeah, I can see now the confusion. That doesn't seem like emo. <laughs> that actually sounds more like the song Cars. <laughs> yeah, okay. But the song Cars is actually about a dude who's too paranoid to leave his car to go outside. Like, when he's stuck in his car, he's safe there. And the song that was the B-side to that, uh, Down in the Park, is a song where he's basically now living in his car because he thinks fire trucks are these monsters that are coming to kill him. Like, the, like the, the, the machines have, have taken over. The listen. Yeah, Cars and then Down in the Park. Like, read the lyrics to it, too. I grew up to that stuff. It was, you know, something you sung along in the, in the car while you're doing the road yeah, trip. With the, yeah, I feel I mean, safest of all. I can I, lock I mean, all my that, doors. It's the only way I live in cars. <laughs> you never put it together when you're a kid in the backseat of a sedan or a station wagon going across country stuff, you know, but... <laughs> and you know with so much different music coming out after that except the 80s and the 90s were fucking super fat for that for the, <laughs> you know everything got forgotten way too quick well speaking of things that got forgotten way too quick uh, we're going to do what was going to be an episode on aliens today and uh, well it's, it's not it's kind <laughs> of but not really you see what had happened was <laughs> there is a lot of shit out there about Roswell. There is a lot of shit about fucking uh, alien abductions, and you know we can get into discussions on that. And we captain of the Nimitz, and you know all kinds oh, of yeah. stuff. There. Oh yeah. yeah, I was I was looking into shit with Magellan, and like uh, anyway. <laughs> so we're going to do a completely different episode. But first, I'm going to say this. For the purpose of this episode, forget what you know about archaeology, geology, climatology, and even anthropology. Just fuck it. Forget reality as you know it. Sometimes reality can be kind of elusive for what you're really trying to, you know, learn. The search for truth, as we know it, it really just comes down to a search for what is reality. And reality constantly changes every time we find new facts that don't fit. Um... So today on Stoner's Point Podcast, come with us as we discuss pieces of our ancient history that don't belong. We're going to discuss aliens. Green or gray, not, not brown. Not today. <laughs> We're going to discuss the crazy cocaine habits of Egyptian pharaohs. You fucking heard me right. They loved them some cocaine. They did a lot of cocaine. <laughs> we will touch the pyramids. All of them, kind of. How do you think the daggone things got done? Yeah. <laughs> We're going to get fucking weird and talk about Atlantis. That's right. Atlantis and in Nautica. <laughs> I told you folks, get your tenfold hats ready. <laughs> Buckle up, bitches. We're going for a ride. All right, Mike. So I think your research goes back the furthest. Oh, most definitely, I think. <laughs> um, well, yeah, we've 
Like you said, we've touched on the whole fact that, hey, we've seen some strange stuff in the sky for, you know, quite some time. In fact, the entire civilization as we know it, going back, you know, seven to 8,000 years from back in Mesopotamia, humans have always had a weird obsession with the sky. So I would actually push that back to around 12,000 years where we have our first painting, our first cave drawings of like the ladies and <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. I, so you find some of these weirder things and then they start to push that that number back just a little bit um but uh like i said we've had we've had this weird obsession with the sky so we've probably seen some strange things um but that might not be the only reason we had an obsession with the sky um See, unfortunately, I am not set up yet to be changing graphics and stuff, so um, I might be able to show you over there across the table, but you folks over here on the other side, you're going to have to trust me when I say we, there will be links and this stuff will be moved over to our uh, to a file that you can see these or directed to where you can find these particular little things. Yeah, I'm going to be referencing whole, here. Uh, podcast folder as a um so yeah there's a timeline um and i i, I found this gentleman uh by, uh by the name of randall carlson and well i spent way too many hours listening to him this guy is a genius he has you know put together a whole entire timeline of things that have happened in the past and only during the time that humans have been proven to be on this planet, which we now know to be pushing 300,000 years at minimum, because that is where we found our oldest human skeleton that you cannot tell the difference between a modern skeleton today. Same brain size, same physique, same pretty much every freaking thing. You know, environmental differences for size or something may occur there, but, you know, humans, straight up freaking humans as you would recognize today have been on this planet we know for 300,000 years. Our civilization, at the oldest estimate, is somewhere around 12,000 to 13,000 years ago. And that is when you start pushing this fringe, almost what they're calling pseudoscience, that is just now starting to be accepted in popular science. And that is where we are going to be spending a lot of the time here today. Um... So what happened to us here to make us start looking at the sky so heavy, start seeing all these things that, you know, have been always known as UFOs, um, now more commonly known as UAPs, Unidentified Aerial Phenomena, because we got to prove that they're flying before we actually call them a UFO. Um, it might not be extraterrestrial stuff. Why would you, you know, apparently you're on the same side of this is that it might not be extraterrestrial. Yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of where I fall. And I'm not saying the aliens may not have been involved, but I I have a, uh, yeah, I, I lean towards it was humans or, or hominids of some kind. And that would include Homo erectus, um, your, um, oh, whatever the Homo was for Neanderthal. Um, you know, it, it, would, it would include all of those. Okay, right, right. So we've got other options to look for here instead of outside. And it's 315,000 years that modern humans have existed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that we currently are calling the fact. Right, right. That's the earliest we have found. Right. 
Um, but the whole extraterrestrial thing, the distances are so vast that even our wildest imagination requires exotic particles that we have no idea what would be to create the imaginary drive that we've got to do something with. Now, they think they might have figured out some kind of a warp drive, but like I said, it would require exotic I, particles I honestly, that we don't have. If, if there are, I would actually go more towards the multiverse being more likely them traveling from one dimension into another than it would be for them to... You know, if if you're can all, if you're traveling along light, then you can already travel between these dimensions. If my right. understanding of again requires is... extreme <laughs> technology, extreme amounts of energy, an awful big undertaking to do this, which in a scientific community would be worth the endeavor, I think sometimes. But are we really that damned interesting? Well, you can probably say the same thing. That's probably what, you know, rhesus monkeys think when they're sitting in their labs. Like, are we really that fucking interesting? <laughs> you know? <laughs> but if that happened and they're trying to learn something from us. They would have learned it by now. They would now. have learned it by now. You, you figure if they're advanced enough to come across the systems or the verses, yeah. that they should be advanced enough to be able to pick, you know, five or six humans, do their little studies, and learn everything they need to know about us in one time yeah. and be done with it. And honestly, my, my theory actually has a lot to do with trade. And because it, to me, it makes the most sense for where, where human civilizations propped up. You know, and how they, it, it makes a lot of sense that, that trade was all behind anything that the aliens that we've been getting, the ancient aliens, like, so it gives credit to who I think were actually like some form of advanced human traders. Because aliens would not need trade, but there is, a, there is evidence that whoever was traveling from continent to continent was trading. So an alien that comes here through fucking light warp travel and all that shit doesn't need to trade for fucking whatever. No, there's resources they all over the universe. They can just take what they want, in fact. Why would you go through the effort when the nearest <laughs> comet's got everything we have? Exactly. It, it, <laughs> it, it doesn't make the sense. More, the more I tried to find evidence of it, the more it seemed to me that the evidence really pointed away from aliens being involved with this directly. Exactly. And that's, that, that was the, the avenue of this is to kind of justify the whole reason of why we went the other direction here is because... The more you dive into the whole extraterrestrial part, the more nonsensical that becomes. The more unplausible, I should say. Um, yeah, and then you're left with more questions than answers. And so you have to start putting in Occam's razor in this, and you know, okay, so that might not be it. What could it be? So you start looking a little bit deeper, and you know, like I said, you find out that hey, civilization might be a little bit older than twelve thousand five hundred years ago. Well, why don't we know that? Why haven't we found evidence of this? Well, when you start taking a look at this long history of 300,000 years that we've been walking around on this daggone planet, you start figuring out why. The Earth is not a very stable place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Catastrophes happen. Uh, we just happen to be in a very stable period for the last 12,000 years. In fact, it's probably the most stable period this planet has ever seen. Um, when you start going back and just at right at the, the beginning of our time, and this particular one is fairly important, is they had they had this little period that they call the Younger Dryas. And this was just 
just after the, the event that they say ended the glacial period and brought us into this current Holocene period that we're in, you know, land of plenty right now. Um, be before it was icebergs, no whole, half the northern continent, Canada is not there. All the soil there has been dumped down over here, and you know we've got we've got ice all the way down to you know past Chicago and about into the 33rd the, parallel pretty daggone close <laughs> um, and so it, it can't support a whole lot of people but you know where it can is still warm enough to grow food and stuff because hey animals and people have been surviving yeah, actually here. places where the glaciers started to recede like around the 33rd uh, parallel like there was a several mile like stretch of just almost rainforest like between you know, where the glaciers have been and where they were. You know, there's a little, a little small area right by the glaciers that, of course, aren't, aren't going to be very great. Yeah. But then it goes into, like, these lush, like, grass fields and forests that were just teeming with life. Yes. They were ideal. They were, guard, that, that was the Garden of Eden. It was yes. the post-glacial retreat and the greenway that was, because all this new soil was brought in. You had nutrients from all over the place. Everything was well watered. It was, it was, it was paradise. It definitely was um, for the period that it was. Uh, let me see if I can get this thing to close. Come on, close. There we go. I want to show you across the table here this particular little graph. Now, what I'm showing him over here is a graph of uh, the Greenland ice core that it took them five years to drill down. They went to the center of Greenland, drilled down into the ice, and got basically an environmental record of the last 150,000 years. Okay. Um, and what we're seeing down here, or in this line, is oxygen isotopes in the atmosphere. And the more oxygen you have, usually you have a warmer client. So the farther we are over here to the right side, we're warm. Over here to the left is cold. The depth is how far down in history. You know, we're up here, you know, the last 2,000 years, right up here at the very top. And way down here, uh, we're sitting at about 50 to 60,000 years down at the bottom. Okay. I follow. So we're in this glacial period. And you can see, even in the glacial period, it's getting really stupid cold, and then it warms up a little bit. Yeah. We're getting all this extra oxygen. It, it looks like an EKG machine, and then somebody dies about, oh, like three thousand years ago, um, 10, this little this little mark right here is about twelve thousand seven hundred years ago. Okay, right at the where we put the dawn of our civilization. Right, right at the end of the major ice age, and you can see that if you take it as a general slope, it was a, the glacial, and then it started warming up just that little bit, and then we get to here. But this major event right here, this skip and this heartbeat, that was a major impact event that changed the environment so much that we went from a glacial period to the interglacial period we are now warmed up to where everything started in motion to the glaciers retreating okay. and everything. yeah i read something about this in a matter of a few years massive warming I now mean, people are scared about global warming today this was you know catastrophic Insane. level kind of stuff but it it wasn't bad for Everything us. Everything was nice covered and a nice covered, you know, what followed from this massive <clears throat> warming. Now, it, it was a two event. It started to warm, and then it started to cool back down, and then something else happened to spike that again, and that stabilized it. Now, what they're saying now with current stuff they're just finding is what they were thinking all along was we had a comet impact up in Greenland. 
Well, in the last few years, not only have they found one, but two impact craters under the ice in Greenland. Now they got to date it and see if the, it coincides, but they think they just found the smoking gun for the Younger Dryas period that brought us out of the Ice Age. Now that global warming system is set up right there, brought us into here and now, where we've got this fairly stable deal here where the temperature fluctuates very little from an, the average. That brought about the lush green forests and all the jungles and everything that yeah. our civilization grew up into. Egypt was a fertile ground over there and yeah, stuff. Yeah, actually, the, um, <laughs> the Nile ran during that time. The Nile actually ran from uh, east to west across what is now the Sahara. Yeah, <laughs> weird stuff, man. I mean, yeah, the, the landscape was completely different than what we know today. If you look at a globe today, it is totally be it would be totally unrecognizable before that younger dry. Here's something else that will really bake your fucking noodle about that. The Nile, when it ran across the Sahara, existed during the time that it was connected to South America, and that ran into what is now the Amazon River. They were originally the Nile and the Amazon were originally one river. <laughs> But, but yeah, this, it puts us into a period. Now, what happened there was when all those glaciers and shit melted and all, all the land ice, it, it had to go somewhere. Mm. It went into the oceans. It raised the sea levels in a matter of years, oh, 400, yeah. 600 fucking feet. Oh, yeah. Um, so anything that was substantially, where did we build our, our cities when we started our civilization? Close uh, to the on the coast. Yeah. We still build them on the coast. Especially if you live in on, say, a chain of islands. You know, like, yeah, that's if the water level rose another 200 feet right now, you know, give it a thousand years from now, most of our civilization would, wouldn't be able to be found. It'd be gone. You know, New York gone, you know, Florida, most of Florida gone, yeah. uh, half the eastern seaboard all the way to the mountain range gone. All those cities wiped out flat. And what if you're living on is already basically the top peaks of a mountain range that are mostly underwater and you're gone. There's, yeah, you, there's nowhere else. You, you're done there. So yeah, that would you know definitely hide a lot of you know potential evidence that we're supposed to be looking for for our actual history. Yeah. Um. And to show how big of an impact that you know that kind of a difference brought us to, just a few hundred years ago, we had that uh, little ice age mm -hmm. where the temperatures cooled down just a few degrees, and it brought a famine disease you know, black plague um the first little ice age happened you know supposedly at the end of uh the the king arthur days yeah um yeah. which yeah there was a lot Castle of mythological times. stuff put in there but yeah there, it was based on a real time of plenty because when you're writing stories like that and you're going on adventures and shit and all this good stuff you've got Wait, plenty so, so you were in a good time and then something bad happened and it caused the end of the time when i was doing my research for the episode we're not doing <laughs> i actually started off by talking about uh that woodcut from nuremberg in like 1500 something where there was all those fucking that the space battle in the air and I actually found like a whole bunch from like a 200 year period right in the same period you're talking about <laughs> where everybody all these cities were seeing like these ships fighting in the air above the town and like these little egg shapes and ball shapes it's fucking insane these wood cuttings it's like you know as as honest as the news was back then because it was people in nuremberg talk about to other people in nuremberg and they all saw the same shit. 
Yeah. <laughs> so it's like during the same time you have these fucking things, and then you look back to the end of the other the, uh, the other end of that little ice age, and that's when you have all the same shit from oh, the e- Renaissance Abraham, stuff, so, yeah. Ezekiel, <laughs> yeah. fucking uh, 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 Indra, Shiva. You have all that at that at the end of the other ice age. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, so every time there's climate change, aliens show up, start fighting. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's it, it, that's that's actually going to play in a, a little bit tighter here in just a moment. Well, as we dive a little deeper into this, what here. if what if it's us? from the future and we're still arguing about climate change so each side comes back in their own ships and then they start arguing over whose fault it is and then you have all these sky battles well that's that's the end of today's episode we just solved that mystery (laughs) Or, or considering the fact that when if I can close this one and open this one this is the 300,000 years that we have been on the planet. Now, this over here, this last little bit is 12,000 years. You know, right, right. Past, you know, the Noah floods and stuff, you know, right here. Um, these are all catastrophic events that are on an order of magnitude that if they were to happen today, they would wipe our civilization back to the Stone Age like that. That was a good snap, by the way. (laughs) I wanted to make sure that that was triggered somewhere. (laughs) Um, But there's a slight pattern to it, and it seems that it's not exactly random uh, that these things happen at set times. Um, And what we we have here are massive uh, ice sheet breakages that flow down um, into the southern oceans and wipe out sea life, which wipes out land life, massive extinction events, a couple of impacts here, there, uh, volcanoes, all kinds of stuff that completely change the, the, the ecosystem to where life really cannot get through it unless they're, they persevere very well. Now, we've survived, but a civilization wouldn't be able to make it. No. I mean, a little tiny change Same in temperature almost wiped out the whole freaking you know civilization as we knew it back in you know like in the 500s and then then again in like the 13 or 1400s. Yeah. It's um, like mad just a little or, tiny or the little ice age. Take long. We didn't even get an ice age. We just got cold. Uh, cold is death. Warmth is abundance historically throughout our entire 12,000 years, and I guarantee you that history goes on into the past. The, the warmer, the better. Um, and a quick little caveat on a future discussion, I hope we're going to have the whole carbon issue, folks, is because we're cutting down our fucking trees. Hey, there's nothing <laughs> to scrub the air. <laughs> carbon levels have been steady for as far back as we can look until we started doing cutting all the damn trees down. It don't matter how much carbon you put in the air. It's how much trees you have to filter it. That's where all the extra oxygen comes from. Carbon goes in the air, gets converted to oxygen. It warms up a little bit. Everybody's fucking happy. More stuff grows, but we fucked that up. That's the climate change issue. Y'all folks need to be paying attention to. The only reason I brought that up is because climate is a big issue on the history of our freaking species much more than we're giving it credit for today. Much more than even these climate, uh, climate you know, activists are even pushing. It's much, much bigger than that. 
Um, so you've got all these impacts. Now there's another slide here that goes on to, whoops, I broke it. I, I like how, like, who Googles computers? <laughs> My drive, please. This one. Now this is a, like the Zodiac calendar. Um, cycles in a period of, uh, what was it here? Uh, 5,000 years? No. Six previous great year cycles. Now, uh, it, this particular one didn't have, doesn't have the other data on it that the other one did. I picked the wrong one and put on here. But the point here is that the catastrophic events are usually happening about every 26,000 years. And that coincides with our orbit and our position in our galactic neighborhood most likely that we're traveling through the debris field of past comets and stuff, you know, the Taurids, the Geminids, you know, we see them as meteor showers and we ooh and ah, there might be a school bus hiding in all those little tiny dust particles sometimes, you know? <laughs> did you, uh, did you get into the, uh, the Hopi? No, no, no. So the Hopi and the Mayans, and I think the Aztecs, like pretty much every, like, Native American and Mesoamerican culture had this idea that uh, mankind had been through four major extinctions, right? Yeah. One, about about twenty about twenty something thousand years apart or whatever. The first one, I think that was the fall of a in my with mine. I think that was their fall of their original civilization, and that they had survived four other time, well three other times. Now the fifth one was supposed to be the you know, the big next one, but we ain't got there yet. But, you know, it happened. And that would probably, and that last one actually coincides with the extinction of, like, the, the coming of the Spanish. So it was just theirs they were following. But if you go back to, if you do it by their math, that's 100,000 years ago, we survived an extinction. And we were talking about it because we carried down stories from that time. Yeah. So the Hopi believe we've been around and civilized for way you know 10 times longer than science has been like yeah we were we were we were figuring out how to plant wheat wheat seeds and build stone structures <laughs> yeah i mean we've been on the planet for for at least 300,000 years and yeah, we jacked off we for did, most of it yeah, supposedly <laughs> for 287,000 years we've done nothing but sit on our fucking thumbs you know walk around pick up stuff to eat and get eaten that's it. Sounds pretty awesome. <laughs> That's it. No language, no thoughts of nothing, just exist. Well, they're pushing that back. Something <laughs> happened, you know, 12,000 to 7,000 years ago. For some ungodly reason, we decided, you know what? We're going to build the most elaborate freaking structures that we can possibly build out of the most difficult shit that we can possibly build it out of and move it the farthest fucking distance that we can possibly build, move it for the fuck of it. Yeah. We're not going to live there. Fuck no. In <laughs> fact, in the, in the case of Gobekli Tepe, they would build it, they would hold a ceremony, and they would bury it. 
<laughs> exactly. <laughs> the whole Gobekli Tepe is it's a mound of of fucking ceremonial centers built on top of each other. It's like what the fuck? <laughs> that was our first fucking thought when we come up with you. Hey, I got an idea. What the fuck's an idea? I don't know, but we're gonna, let's do this. But let's take a 20-ton stone. What's a ton? I don't fucking know, but it's big. <laughs> and we're going to carry it six miles across hills and forests. <laughs> and then we're going to plant it in the fucking ground over here, and then we're going to carve another one to fit perfectly right beside it. Why? To build a wall. What's a wall? I don't know, but we need to have it now. Iktar, Iktar, did you get any food today? No, mother. I've been building a giant building. We're going to have to starve again. And we had this idea while we were nothing but hunter-gatherers. We had just figured out how to put a sharp stone on the end of a stick to make killing an animal easier. Well, now, but we've actually been we, doing that. Um, the Neanderthals were even doing that. I like got to 50,000, 100,000 years ago. Well, in the whole 300,000-year time. So, but we, we've had... Matter of fact, um, an er like one of the earliest hominids, Australopithecus, were the ones that they call Axe Point O, where they just take a piece of flint and sharpen one side of it, and they use it as like a hand axe. But who says that those are related related to the same ones that we come out of the Stone Age with? I kind of think we we borrowed all from I, like come out of Stone Age with what? Okay, you say that we were working with stones and you know, stone tools and oh, stuff yeah, like that stuff 50,000 years ago. Well, we, we had stone tools that were attached to sticks, spears and arrows and shit. Yeah. We had those about 50,000 years ago, okay. 100,000 years ago. Now, what if another comet hit and fucking wrecked the environment and all those people fucking died? And know, all they uh, have is all these pieces they're looking at? What was left of that? Yeah. Or that group did what we did in 12,000 fucking years, 50,000 years ago, advanced into a civilization and, you know, built all those fucking cities out over the damn coast. We're loving fucking having trade, but all this well, good stuff see, flying Mike. around, and then all of a sudden, boom, here's a comet. Well, you um, see, Mike. <laughs> see, that's where we're going, folks. I told you I don't need that damn tin hat. hope you got them on, because we ain't done yet. Don't forget, folks, also, hit the likes, the subscribes, the follows, the links, share it with everybody. It helps with all those algorithms and stuff. Trust me, you guys know this stuff better than we do. And don't forget to check out the Patreon levels and all that good stuff here. That was the shameless plug for the day. <laughs> um, but, yeah. All these gaps in these catastrophic events that we were just discussing before that little tangent went off to the side and got ahead of us. But yeah, um, you got periods of 100, you know, 20,000, 30,000 years. And if you happen to have a civilization that could have done what we did from our Stone Age period to now and looked up and saw that something was coming, they could have prepared. So it's possible that if one of these events wasn't quite as catastrophic or they prepared for it, they might have survived one of them. So instead of having just their little 20,000 year period of time, they could get 40,000 years. Well, then the next cat catastrophe comes. And this is where my story goes with all these gaps here. Well, these catastrophes actually would explain another question. Why, not, why isn't there any evidence of all this stuff? Is because it got erased. Yeah, it got erased or repurposed or we yeah. haven't found it. Look at all the concrete that we took out of the fucking limestone boulders that we found. Who knows what the fuck those limestone boulders actually fucking were. Yeah. <laughs> we have built our civilization out of the ruins of the civilizations before us. So there's a, there, there's, there's a misconception that uh, humans and hominids in general uh, migrated one time out of Africa. 
and up into Europe and started just kind of interbreeding back and forth when there was actual several migrations. Um, each time there was a migration, it, it's, you know, they, they would come across these other hominids that have been living and evolving their own societies outside of Africa. Uh, that is how we got people in Australia. Um, they, there was some sort of event in Africa that made people kind of want to leave this area, and they just kept wandering, and they apparently had some form of boats, and they were able to get across, you know, little island chains that were there at the time, because the sea levels was way lower. The distance isn't that much. We'll get down to what the numbers were at this time. But humans have been leaving Africa and starting new settlements all over. Now, you remember uh, Stargate, SG-1? Oh, yeah. All right, so they had all these humans that were brought from Earth taken to different planets where they were isolated, and then they left. They left them there. They, they always had these cultures that were kind of based in the cultures they had come from, but had developed new technologies. Yeah. And, you know, so that's kind of where I'm going with this, is that people kept spreading out all over the place, and then they'd get isolated because of changing environments and catastrophes and what have you. Um, and the evidence I put for this isn't so much physical evidence of this civilization, but things they, they did. There's a few things of evidence I want to go over that kind of show a brief, there is so much more, guys, but a brief on some of the intercontinental trade that occurred when there was no intercontinental even knowledge. Um, Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I keep interrupting Mike here. No, I, I, will, I, will segue, I was working oh, on the segue okay. to get over to you on this particular part. As usual, I, I missed the segue fad. All right, so I'm going to start with cocaine mummies, right? And now this is, I'm just building up so that you all understand some of my background on why I came to the theory I came to. So it's not such a logical leap. In 1992, a German toxicologist by the name of Dr. Svieta Bala, not going to work here anymore, with the Institute of Forensic Medicine at ULM, took another look at the remains of Ramses II. Now, Ramses II was Ramses the Great. He did more fucking like infrastructure building and spreading of the empire than any other Egyptian pharaoh. Ramses the Great was also the Egyptian pharaoh in the story of Moses. So there's that's just a little something to kind of worm in your ear a little. She was intrigued about the possibilities behind some amazing forgotten findings from almost 100 years ago when they detected traces of... Uh, cocaine in the mummies. But they kind of ignored it because they figured this can't be right. Man, we'll just, we ain't going to fuck with this right now. This time she sought to eliminate accusations of outside contaminations by taking samples deeper in the tissue. To this, she extracted samples from the pharaoh's intestinal tract and analyzed them thoroughly. To her amazement, finding that the cells themselves held trace amounts of cannabis, cocaine, and tobacco which were plants native to the New World that the... No, I disagree with that, by the way, out of this article. Uh, cannabis existed at this time in Egypt and also across parts of Southeast Asia and throughout the Mediterranean. Yeah, actually, they traced it back to where it originated in Southeast yeah. Asia. So yeah. it would have got to Egypt way before it got to us. <laughs> but this, uh, this article is actually from... It's older than, than our, yeah. our recent understanding. <laughs> but <clears throat> these plants were native to the New World, and the Egyptians would not have had no business being in contact with. Now, with the tobacco and the cocaine, absolutely. They do not exist anywhere until trade happened outside of the New World. That'd be North America, South America, Mexico. In fact, all of your cocaine today comes from, you know, South America. 
Um, at least according to history as we know it, the Egyptians should not have had it. In order to rule out fate, any kind of fakes or contaminations, the tests were ran again and again, came up with the same results. She turned her eyes to other mummies. Seven other mummies were, no, nine other mummies were tested. Seven contained cocaine. And these mummies ran back from the time of Ramses II, which was about three and a half thousand years ago, all the way back to about 7,000 years. Might as well have been the 80s. <laughs> so for thousands of years, Egyptian pharaohs and priests we're getting with cocaine, trading stocks. We're getting know. fucking jacked, son. Wall Street you want to know how the pyramids got built? Cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, surprises keep fucking coming here. The Saqqara bird and the Colombian one. The oldest pyramid in Egypt, the Pal de Ayman tomb in Saqqara. They found inside the oldest known pyramid in 1898, the Saqqara bird, an object whose function remained mysterious for many years. The Saqqara bird was thought of as just a symbol, a toy, or a parting gift. But there's more to this. Um, yeah, folks, y'all need to look this up, uh, find that picture of that freaking thing, yeah, and looks, tell me what the heck that it, thing looks it, like it to has, you. It has, like, the... the the tail fin. I mean, it, it, it's more like a plane. It looks like it a plane. It is a freaking airplane. You ain't gonna be able to tell me nothing on. else, <laughs> right? And so they did these tests, like uh, wind tunnel tests and shit like that. And a lot of people have seen this on Ancient Aliens, but I'm gonna go over it here. It fucking works. There's a guy on YouTube that built a model version of it. You know, radio controlled. The damn thing flies. All right. All right. So. In 1965, a group of explorers discovered some brooches that are believed to have been crafted by the Kimbaya tribe, who lived deep in the forests of Colombia, South America. These gold and copper alloy brooches were first thought to be mere replications of winged creatures. However, upon further inspection, they began to discover that the features of these small pieces replicated the appearance of modern airplanes. From the position and shape of the wings to the presence of ailerons. Ailerons? Ailerons. Ailerons. The features of these brooches do not point to anything that existed in nature, but are rather features of modern-day man-made structures. So, to me, this illustrates trade between the continents, right? Like, there's no way that about the same time, these two individual places decided that birds look like airplanes. And... The same tests, by the way, have been done on the, the brutes found in Colombia, and it has the same, has the same aerodynamic thing. It, it's basically the same thing as the Sakaar bird. It's just a little fancier. Yeah, they, it, it they, flies too. Yeah. It was like more time had passed since they had seen one. It's aerodynamically stable. <laughs> it, it flies as well as a modern aircraft does today. Yeah. All right. So this illustrates trade to me between these continents. Like, there's no, there's no other way to explain the cocaine alone. Now, we could go further into, like, the Olmec heads that are found in South America that are clearly facial characteristics of Africans. We could go into the Mayans, who believe that their god and, and the Aztecs, who believe that their gods were white men with beards, something they would have never fucking seen <laughs> before, before, you know, the Spanish and whatnot started coming over. There's, there's plenty of evidence of trade between all these cultures. Uh, you go into India, you find shit in India that shows trade, like trade of at least ideals with their mythology and Norse mythology. You find this interchange of 
of cultures, of designs, amongst people who should not have been able to do yeah, so. Yeah, people were completely separated by, you know, large oceans, large land masses, impassable mountain ranges, glacials at times, uh, how in the... Tigers. Yeah, <laughs> mega predators that you, you don't mess with that, you know, went extinct for some freaking reason. They tried to blame it on the whole, you know, in, ingress of humans, you know, that wouldn't be hunting that predator or that many of them so that kind of ties into the whole you know past extinction event with a major event that happened about the time that the humans were supposedly coming over here you know 12 13,000 years ago um but how does all this trade and the talk of you know past disasters that could have wiped out you know past civilizations all tie into this topic that we were going to have with ufos well, Trust me, folks, we're getting there. <laughs> so part of the argument for ancient aliens is that these cultures that were using, you know, copper chisels at best could not have built things like the Great Pyramid of Giza, right? Well, there's a, there's a problem with that, you know, one, that's problematic thinking, to think that anybody who's basically not, you know, European could come up with something so grand and whatnot and do it on their own. There's a little tad of racism that I thought. There is also the fact that they had fucking copper chisels and wooden hammers. <laughs> you know, I'm not saying that aliens did it because that. Well, it you makes can't less really sense. say that it's just a racism thing because they say the same thing about the whole thing of Gobekli Tempe, Machu Picchu, all these mega, all these the stuff in India, the Iron Pillar, the Easter Island. You know, has been not only the Dagon Moai, but the 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 building structures there. They have walls and stuff there from old temples and shit. They all have the same kinds of work done to yeah. them. Now you can tell they're culturally different. They're culturally different, and there's also differences. But the big. default was a, was a pyramid. Yeah. Well, I mean, and well, I heard big one giant argument. megalithic walls. Uh, uh, the pyramid is that's that's the best shape to stack things. <laughs> if you're if you're going to stack up rocks, that is the best way to do it. But I, you know, they there there are differences among the monks culturally. And I think that the pyramids in Egypt, specifically the Great Pyramid of Giza, was kind of a a master design. There There's, may have been another one somewhere else. There are I more would, similarities than there are differences. There are. There are. Most of them are aesthetic. Yes. Um, so, like a skyscraper over here in New York is looking different than a skyscraper in Dubai, but they're both skyscrapers. They both can, came from the same cultural yeah, influence. Exactly. But we can rule out, though... Because of we haven't found boats that were capable of this shit, and the Egyptians left everything behind that they had, we have not found anything to show us that they were capable of crossing the fucking Atlantic. Right? We haven't found anything in the fucking jungles of Peru, for that matter, either. They, they have kayaks and canoes, and the Egyptians had bigger versions of they had to get across the Atlantic. You could or, have done the Viking thing if, and did the whole... What if the goods... Coast? Are the only thing that crossed the Atlantic. What if a more advanced group than the Peruvians or the Egyptians had some sort of air travel, airplanes, airships, cargo ships? Well, their biggest hubs that they would go to, they would need power sources. They would need resource. They would need infrastructure to carry out the type of trade that they had. And the people there would love to help because they're getting all these goods, all this stuff from other lands far away. They're all from Earth, 
But from, you know, they're getting Egyptian birds and fucking, like, Olmecs are coming and saying hi. And then you got Caucasians, apparently, talking to the Mayan ancestors. You got... Um, yeah, somehow there's this tra you know, trade of goods and ideas that is traveling the globe at the time. And if you've ever done cocaine, you're going to do whatever the fuck it takes, including building a giant goddamn pyramid <laughs> to, <laughs> to get, get more that cocaine coming. Right. So... We're going to get into the pyramids as a power source. Well, there's another thing that we need to throw in here that's, that, that's very crucial to what we're talking about now. And there's it happened at that particular long, Younger Dryas event, this big major change. And that is that is about the time that Plato puts the disappearance of Atlantis. We're getting there. We're getting there. <laughs> that ties first into getting, this, folks. First, we have to talk about the how. Then we can talk about the who. <laughs> All right. So the Great Pyramid of Giza was once covered in white polished limestone, referred to as casing stones. The stones fit together so perfectly, they would have given the pyramid smooth, flawless sides. They would have made the giant structure brightly reflect the sun like a mirror. It also would have made the inside of the structure perfectly insulated. So... You can also think of it like a pyramid-shaped battery. It's got a gold conductor at the top. It's grounded on the ground, and it has an insulated side going up it. Yeah, right? we've, we've, we've kind of shown that they're not tombs like, you know, has been at thought of before. At least this one. <laughs> no bodies have been found in the pyramids. Um, lining the passageways. Oh, sorry. Going a little far ahead there. A large earthquake in 1303 shattered most of the casing stones, and the remainder were removed to use on other structures. Uh, I actually tried to find, like, some other structures that were built with casing stones, and it's, you can't really. No, I think, uh, yeah, that's the only one that I remember does have them, you know. Yeah. You, you, can't, you can't really find any, any of the buildings that were made out of them, you know. Um, the material dolomite was used on the inner surfaces of the pyramid. Dolomite is known to increase electrical conductivity uh, directly relative, relative to the amount of pressure on it. H higher pressure creates more electrical current. It's called physioelectricity or yeah. something like that. Um, lining the passageways and the underground tunnels of the pyramid is granite, which is slightly radioactive on its own. It also contains high amounts of quartz crystal and metals and is a well-known conductor of piezoelectricity. Right, so it's, it occurs as a result of stress or pressure that's on the quartz, this electricity. And when you got to think of the amount of the weight of these casings, the weight of the pyramid itself is going to create a lot of this pressure. And you also got to think that quartz vibrates Constantly. on its own. Yeah. All right, so the granite actually ionizes the air inside the pyramid, creating a chemical reaction with the oxygen which again increases the conductivity of that electricity. That's why the Great Pyramid has like these straight shafts and fucking straight edges. It's because those are like conductor tunnels, right? And like uh, the King's Chamber actually acts, seemed to kind of act like more a, uh, um, what's this shit? They like hold it to their own battery, a um, uh, condenser. No, starts with a T. Capacitor. Capacitor, capacitor. has a T in it, yep. <laughs> the capacitor. So, yeah, the king's chamber and the, that square box they found in that was actually way too small to have ever held a king's fucking casket or sarcophagi, that was, that's basically, it was a capacitor, right? And also, you have to think there's it, the, the aquifers from the Nile underneath the pyramid. Those are also, cost, those are like limestone and fuck water moving up and down through them creates 
like some sort of ionization shit with the pressure of the quartz and it also creates electricity. So when working perfectly, it actually would have worked just, much, just like Nikola Tesla's tower that he was trying to build on Niagara Falls, where you could transmit wi electricity wirelessly. Especially if you were, you know, near the top, you'd, you could just fucking, it'd be nothing but sparks. It'd be a Tesla coil. Is pretty much what the whole yeah, pyramid yeah, yeah. would become. Um, well, then you think about all these pyramids that pop up along this same line, along all these cultures that boomed around the same time that shared information with each other without seeing each other. They all have these pyramids. Um, hell, the one in Me there's one in Mexico City that the roads going to the pyramids are lined with mica, which transmit electricity. Like, <laughs> yeah, as a like you so, said, pyramids are popping up all over the place at about the same time period. Yeah, yeah. So what if all these sites had similar machines? What if their purpose had to do with powering these trade vessels? What third party could have this knowledge and mastery of technology, yet still require basic trade with multiple cultures? I feel like we can rule aliens out. They wouldn't need to trade. They can take. It only leaves humans or hominids. But where the fuck do these humans come from? Well, that brings us to a subject I am actually very conflicted on. <laughs> and that is the subject of Atlantis. We're just now getting to one of those. <laughs> I am actually conflicted about the, the Atlantis. I use the term to describe a pre-Diluvian, you know, culture that existed like, like Atlantis would have. But the more I read Plato's description of this town, I always thought and had been told that uh, Plato's dialogues was actually a philosophy lesson. And the in the dialogues, it's, he's basically describing a conversation between his teachers when he was in Greek philosophy school, whatever they did. Yeah, knowledge at that time was passed down orally. And, right. and if you wanted to learn something, you had to be literate to where you could read and write at the same time. And you had to travel to go listen to somebody speak for hours, a basic lecture about the news from another place. That's right. how you got your news, and then you wrote that down, and you went and, you went and told all your friends who told all their friends. That's how information traveled at this time. Correct. Now, I have always been told and believed, and still do mostly, that the whole story of Landis is actually kind of a, a philosophy question about hubris, about, uh, you know, kind of, kind of like uh, Icarus, you know, getting too full of yourself, pride and the downfall that comes thereof. Um, and that's what I mostly thought, but then you got to understand where Plato and his teachers learned their history, and that was Egypt, Alexandria, <laughs> an ancient culture that is along this trade line. What if, and they also said that Atlantis existed outside of the Pillars of Hercules, the Straits of Gibraltar, you, basically in the Atlantic Ocean. You, well, you know, I'm, uh, back up just a second about this whole uh, philosophy lesson about uh, you know thinking that your you know, your ego gets a little bit too big for your britches, and you know something happens to you. Um, remember that, because um, I like it enough to where I am actually going to throw that back at you here in a minute. Okay. Um, but yeah, we all know the story basically. 
Way back in the, he, he told the story of a conversation between his philosophy teachers about the lost civilization of Atlantis, gone some 9,000 years before Plato's time. Now, Plato, about 3,000 years ago, right? Yeah. <clears throat> and if that you puts, together, you get that 12,000 to 13,000 huh. years ago. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> Isn't that odd? Very much so. How queer. <laughs> oh. Right here at the period of where we have that you know, big blip in that uh, oxygen isotope graph I was showing you. Yeah. So big happened. Apparently Atlantis was an advanced society. A perfect utopia that existed out in the Atlantic Sea. Then it was gone. Basically the gods got pissy and the civilization was destroyed. And another problem I have there is you start looking at that and start thinking about the biblical accounts of the flood, the Mayan accounts of the flood, uh, the multiple accounts of the flood, which I have always wanted to say had to be a regional thing. Had to be a regional thing. What if it wasn't? What if the story of the flood was passed down from these travelers that came from Atlantis? Well, you know, <laughs> what if it was regional for them? I would say about 12,000 to 13,000 years ago, a major event happened that thawed us out of the ice age well, and raised the flood waters around the world by 400 feet. So, yeah, I can see why everybody would have a flood story in their culture. Yeah, I, I, I don't believe in Atlantis per se. I believe in the possibility of this advanced civilization. It predates our oldest known civilizations. Several cultures with similar mythology, language, and architecture spring up all over the world beginning around 12,000 years ago. Places like Gobekli Tepe, Tiawanako, the Mayans, the Minoans, the Sumerians, the Egyptians, the Hindus, the Chinese. You get the general picture of it, right? They all coincide with the same time frame of this Atlantis myth, right around the time of its fall. So what if those myths are based in a kernel of reality? 13,000 years ago, much of the Earth's water was locked in glaciers. The sea level was actually 230 feet lower than it is today, meaning the southern tip of South America and the northernmost tip of Antarctica were very close. Now, if you look at a, uh, like an undersea topography map of this region, there's actually an S-shaped peninsula that comes out, and it would have been a mountain range at one time. So you go out, and the tip of this, like the furthest out curve of this, is not far from the fucking tip, southern tip of Africa. So if you're in the center of this peninsula on a mountainside that's kind of an island chain, you're in an island chain that is almost perfectly between South America and Africa. Right? And as... All right. Let's see. Yeah, there's some sites you can find that'll show you the difference in the water. Some scientific sites that you can go see the difference in the water level change and what the well, coastlines the water, the look sea like. Level and all was that good stuff. At thirteen thousand years ago, the sea level was two hundred and thirty feet lower than it is today. Right. So the space between would have been it would have been similar to the South Pacific Islands. A thousand years later, sea levels had risen by hundred and sixty-five feet. And, you know, so if there was any human inhabitants of these islands that weren't on mountaintops, they were gone. Yep. And what, you know, whatever they had to live on, whatever. They, they and would, from their perspective, they would be sinking because you, you're not going to perceive the water rising on that grand a scale. But say they've been there a long time, right? Because um, we're already deep in the land of what if. Let's say that 
they survived the last cataclysm and they they were before well, the they've been living on this chain of islands for 50,000 years exactly and isolated all right so we've the last to where we before are that, over the then. last 12,000 years right what if we did it before a group of humans finding their way to these lost islands off the coast of off the coast of South America and Africa and Antarctica wouldn't have been that far out just like they got the, to Australia it wouldn't have been it, it there's there's a precedent is what i'm saying australia is the precedent for this happening what if there was an abundance of resources here what if when they first got here the time the climate was temperate and the forests were green there was plenty of animals maybe not a lot of large predators and without invading you know tribes and whatnot people trying to take their shit they actually developed a, a their own society their culture fairly peaceful one perhaps that was able to sustain itself and advanced rapidly. Now, one thing that was brought up to me when I was bringing this by my roommate, when I was just kind of talking it out with him, is that, well, why would they have advanced? Well, you come up here, and if, if you come and look at our history, we've advanced because we've had to, every time. And then you look at some of the, like, the data Mike had with these, these meteor events and what have you a drastic enough change would cause them to advance. Yeah. You know, and being out there in the middle of it, they would have had to advance pretty fucking good. But it isn't going to stop the water from rising. Right? So they're they're getting advanced, they're developing while they're while their fucking islands are sinking into the sea. You know. So their only way to survive now that the resources are gone, hope, hope by now, thankfully they've got some sort of way to travel, so they start building trade routes. Now, are they still living on the tips of these islands? Are they living on some sort of like mothership thing that goes into the circular flow around Antarctica? Which, that's another thing I read about. There is a constant whirlpool that Antarctica is the center of. It's why it stays frozen, because icebergs can't float away. They just get bunched into the fucking center. But when the sea levels were lower, that fucking island chain I'm talking about actually stopped that current, and it was warmer all down through there. That's how you have like that fucking map from 1513. <laughs> it's it was still frozen way before 1513, but there may have been maps of it saying that existed from the Library of Alexandria time. Well, they're saying that they're one of the events. Like I said, the we had the Younger Dryas. This is the one that at this time would have taken out this you know, Atlantis if it existed, or any previous civilization before us. The ones that we have now. The period before that was a major one that actually shifted the planet. That's, that's the one that actually put Antarctica in the cold zone from a temperate zone. So it would have been uncovered, and then it got shifted to where it's on the South Pole. The whole planet shifted here. So our poles changed. Yep. Um, now Antarctica is under ice all of a fucking sudden, and the you know Canada and stuff, all that stuff. That that ice shifted more over towards Siberia. Siberia used to be like Canada. <laughs> now it's freaking permafrost, and you know on a very cold time it, it starts freezing over. Um, so that whole shift happened there, and you know so who knows what's under you know Antarctica? That yeah. might have been the the last there's, civilization. There's under talks there. of, of pyramids being. They seen. are seeing some stuff poking through the ice now that are begging to question that there may have been a civilization on Antarctica at this time, which would lead to some support over the Atlantis thing. Now, was it was named Atlantis. I don't know, but 
With, it works for these purposes. Exactly. Let's keep it there. Um, but who says that that was the first one? Who says yeah. that was the only other civilization to come? We've got many other periods that humans have been on Earth that have had 12,000 years or more to go from Stone Age tools to advanced civilizations. And they've always had events that would have driven this. Now, the Atlanteans, that, that last civilization that we had before us, they wouldn't have known about the, the sea levels rising the way they were unless they knew the climate was going to warm up dramatically. And they wouldn't have been like us now. We wouldn't have known until we were already there. Yeah, but you could look you at know? the history. Even if they got advanced enough to start studying the history and start looking around, when you look at that chart from the last you know, 150 to 30, it actually goes back to 300,000 years or better um, that they've actually studied from that ice core now. During that whole, we were always in a glacial period, at least back to 500,000 years. Comes from the land of the ice and snow. Yeah, it, it was constant. Yes, there were fluctuations in temperature change, but the water levels, the temperature, the weather, and all that has been relatively stable, except for during these large events like the supervolcano or something like that that causes a dramatic shift, which wipes shit out. Now, when you've got an advanced civilization, you look at us today. We've got our big cities, cars, airplanes, and all that stuff. And just a little bit across the freaking water down south, we've got people running around in the daggone trees, still wearing loincloths, running around with spears and shit. Mm -hmm. Who says we weren't those people 15,000 years ago while Atlantis civilization was thriving over here? Right, we right. were the bush folk then. Well, they saw, you know, hang on, they saw a thing coming. They probably lived through the last one, maybe. Who knows how long that civilization's been around. They yeah. saw this coming. Let's say, hey, look, we, we can see there's a comet coming. Ain't jack shit we can do about it except try to prepare. Yeah. So they hunker down. You know, we think we're going to live through it. They didn't. That's where you get your stories from that they were so you know egotistical that they thought they were better than everything or whatever you want to call that. But then the gods got mad and took them out. Yeah, okay. I, I think that's just propaganda that got added to what was possibly a true story. Well, maybe they thought they could. All they got to do is hunker down. You know, mankind's been around. We survived the last one. We can survive this too. What if they did though? What if they did survive? Think of our survival. We've been around through this whole entire you know, period of 300,000 years of turmoil and upheaval on this freaking planet. We've survived. Civilization hasn't, <laughs> but the people have. Yeah. So, yes, those people come out of you know, the Younger Dryas when the climate calms down. Okay, we just had a catastrophe. We've got this mapped out. We know we've got 26,000 years before the next major event's going to come thereabouts. Let's go teach these people how to build. Let's go restart society. Let, yeah, let's, let's, let's spread out, take our knowledge to the world. Let's rebuild society. There just wasn't enough of them. Or I have another theory about what happened. But, all right, so. Well, that would explain how all these different monolithic builds in all these different countries have some of the exact same techniques to them. Different types of gravy. Yes, they've got different adornments because you're in a different culture. And you've got different architects that are going out spreading their knowledge. If you get five architects going in right now saying, hey, design me a building to fit up there, you're going to get five different yeah. types, but it's all going to be a building. It's all going to be using the steel, the rivets, the concrete that we use today. It's going to use our knowledge, but it's going to be five different buildings. So if you think about that, they went out to spread knowledge like you, 
this is how knowledge is spread at this particular point in time because we, we we're not going to go out there well, we we like they've built these cultures up basically from from small little you know villages and tribal centers and while we're into doing civilizations this, through our through the their trade. one city that we put all they put all of that they the past civilization the one city that they put all of their resources and energy into saving their culture let's say they just abandon everything else and put it back into one city yeah, you know, we would probably do the same. We know freaking big giant tidal waves are going. We're going to move all the people from the coast. We're going to move them inland. Yeah. Let's say they did the same damn thing. Let's say you know we're we're humans. We we can yeah, think. I think they did it in Egypt first. So they, they, they pulled back Egypt first. Yeah. Over in Egypt at this particular time, we're still we're we're still running around with freaking stones and stuff. I mean, we don't know jack shit in the rest of the freaking world. Only this civilization mm-hmm. here's got any kind of freaking science that is working. And then we started farming out of nowhere and building shit. Yeah, yeah. Again. To be able to get that resource plenty, you can't be hunter-gatherers. You can't do hunter-gatherers and build a big giant pyramid. You can't be hunter-gatherers and build big giant stone modeling things simply to keep track of the stars. You don't have a surplus. You're too busy making sure that you're going to not get eaten. You got food to eat. Your kid's not going to get you know taken off by an eagle or something. You know, you don't have time or resources to let somebody sit over there and chisel a stone for fucking a week. You got to feed that bastard. No, exactly. <laughs> Intercapitalism. <laughs> Sorry. For slave labor. <laughs> oh, yeah. But you got to feed him, so you're paying him. Um, so he's just working real cheap. <laughs> I know this is going to nail. We got to get it back. Back on track, folks. That's a whole other conversation. <laughs> But yeah, so you got to have extra resources to be able to do that. You're not, you can't build extra resources being hunter gatherers traveling around, no. not giving a shit. You have to settle down. You have to build something, and to do that, you have to plant first. They didn't know how to plant. They didn't know it would work that way. So that a past civilization went out. And who says that past civilization that taught us these tricks and got us to going in the path of civilization didn't learn it the exact same way from a past civilization before them? As I said, we've got 300,000 years of time. It takes, we, we can say we've done it in 12,000. So you know, let's say it takes 15,000 years. There are more than 15 different spots during that 300,000 years that civilization could have, I ain't saying did, but could have sprung up in advance to a point or not better than what we are now. Yeah, absolutely. There's really no reason not to think so. Right. So if you get to that, that ties into the whole explanation of what the heck we're seeing and, flying and around out into, there. You come into, um, like they would have been during their whole time building their civilization isolated on their Antarctic islands, right? They, their gene pool would have been cut off from the rest of the world up until they got, you know, transcontinental travel, which they clearly had to have at some point. But their gene pool would have been pretty restricted. Yeah, they rebuilt on their own society while they were so working what on if ours. They, they, would, they would probably look different, right? Maybe, Possibly. maybe their skulls in the long Maybe. Game. Maybe their physique is a little bit more androgynous and feminine. Maybe they look like, uh, what was his name, Pakal or uh, Akhenaten in Egypt, you know? They well, it's a, a big continent down there. If, you know, you're talking about the whole thing. You could have different regions, like you know, the Aborigines versus the new right, right. thing. I mean, so. so they go around to these places with their elongated skulls and their effeminate features and slight builds because they haven't been having to train for war. Right. You know what I mean? They've been they've been using the fucking heads and, and maybe their civilization together. got together and actually did something right. Yeah, without outside influence, why wouldn't they? At some point in time, it, you have to fucking band together or not. So they um, that's why you start seeing all these places. Egypt did it too. Fucking Peru, South America, 
India. You, know, you have these places that start binding their heads and shit to elongate their skulls artificially. And you can find skulls, especially in Peru, there's a whole collections of elongated skulls. And you can tell ones that were done artificially because like the forehead is like real thin skull. So it's always like paper thin or broken through. Whereas there's others, they ain't fucking stretched out. They fucking grew like that. Yeah. And they were usually king or priest classes. So my thing is, as they began to try and rebuild their cultures out amongst the earth, amongst their trade route that they already had set up, they took positions of power. Maybe at some point in time, they started to divide a little bit. Maybe they even used some of that advanced technology to make their life a little bit easier. Yeah, they would have been viewed by gods as any culture they influenced. And the absence of them would have felt like God had abandoned. So where did they go? Well, it appears that there had to have been some sort of rebellion. Uh, you go into Egyptian, Hindu, Mayan, Christian religions. There's all these descriptions of battles in the heavens between the gods. Um, the Hindu Vedas describe floating cities going to war with one another. So a millennia of this, you know, stretching on into, say, the 1500s, it, it would have reduced their, prop, their, their civilization. It would, have, it would have torn them apart. They, you know, there would have been embargoes and fucking, you know, we're not trading with yous and we're going to bomb the shit out of you. There's vitrified stone in Jakarta, I think. Yeah. It had to have been like, you know, they say, well, maybe it was a lightning strike, but the shit's glass. It's like fucking nuclear warfare. And there's descriptions in the Bible and in the Vedas. And it's localized, shit. so it wasn't an impact thing. Again. Right. There's shit in the Vedas and in the Bible and even Egyptian mythology that describe like almost like air to, air to ground fucking missile warfare. Yeah. And it's between these warring factions of gods. So they, they split. They stopped agreeing with each other. They got greedy. They got powerful. They left their homes. They had all these territories of themselves. They're like Colonel Kurtz in Apocalypse Now. They, they became gods. And they started to fight amongst each other. Well, when you're doing nation building, you get different ideas. And, you know, sometimes they don't coincide with each other. So, yeah, tensions could rise. But yeah, so once once their their culture had died out from all this warring, they they would have just assimilated into the into the local into the local groups. Uh, there's a statue of Akhenaten with his elongated head and his wife Nefertiti or whatever with her normal head and their two children with elongated heads. I mean, and I, I think that's what kind of happened. And after a while, you know, the the ruling classes they're all inbred as fuck anyway. There's nothing left of them. Or it was just the losing side that decided to leave their old society to yeah. integrate into and, the new And maybe one. what we're seeing today are scientists from that long-gone time. You know what I mean? That were able to, to leave, to go somewhere. You know, like, I, I'm not sure where they would have gone. We could get into the face on Mars, which I don't give a fuck what they say. That's a goddamn face. <laughs> uh, we get into the pyramids on Mars. We could start talking about uh, fucking Jupiter's moons. We could start talking about wormholes. But we could start talking about the hollow Earth. Well, I don't know about the hollow thing, but if you had a, uh, I don't it, want it. yeah, yeah, definitely not not the hollow thing. But if you had an advanced society, let's say you were, you know trying to rebuild a, a brand new nation, a brand new civilization, because, you know, yours just faced a catastrophic event and then it crippled it to the point where you've only got a, you know, one or two cities, you know, you know, worth of your population left. 
Um, kind of think of it of what we, we do at this point, um, because we're talking about an advanced race of humans. You know, we are humans that are more advanced than the other humans that I was mentioning earlier with the, you know, down in South America and off down off the island of uh, in India, somewhere down there. They got a tribe on an island down there that you can't go to. Oh, where the, the, the dude got shot? Yeah. With arrows? Yeah, yeah, I still, yeah, yeah, I still every once in a while will repost the Mark Safe from Arrows today. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah I mean, <laughs> so, so we, we've, got, we've got less advanced humans on the planet today. Now, if our society got wiped out, what would we do? Well, we would have definitely a sect of groups in our governments that would go down into their little safe holes or something like that and try to ride it out. Um, or we would know that it was only going to wipe out the coasts and we, we would pull them back into you know, small areas. Now, that would, short term. That would you know, drundle the food supply, so lots of people are going to die, and you know, you, it's going to reach a balance at some point to where you would finally reach a population that the food supply can sustain in whatever habitable spaces are still left. Now, some of us are going to go down into the uh, where the people who have been surviving like this for all their fucking lives, and you know, we're going to go down and start living with the tribesmen. Well, <laughs> no, we won't. Not those tribesmen. It depends <laughs> on which tribes you find, of course. Maybe had we not, I don't know, obliterated our own Aboriginal uh, people here, they could tell us a few uh, things about how to survive off this well, thing. You know, like the, the Squanto concept. Yeah, but they've been living in Oklahoma. We've been able to do it before, kind of when we actually came here. Yeah, there were tribes that would rather scalp us and, you know, club us upside the head, and there were some that helped. Um, so, you know, we get down there, you know, hey, sorry, our shit got fucked up. Can we eat with you? You might find one or two of them that'll let you. So some people are going to survive. Yeah. You know, and mixed in with the tribes. You know, yeah, some people of, are going to survive sticking back with what's left of civilization, and they're going to grow. Yeah. They're going to start over, and they're going to grow, and they're going to start with the knowledge that they have now, rebuilding the new society, and start building buildings and yeah. fucking cars and ga you know, pumping gasoline, stuff like that, and doing exactly what we do now. Well, and any yeah. helicopters or airplanes that survived, we're going to be using those to travel to other little spots in another country that might have done the same. Um... So, yeah, this is starting to look a little bit more like the picture that we had 12,000 years ago where we might have had a civilization that survived an apocalypse and then starts traveling to, the, you know, Peru, to Egypt, to yeah. you know, Mesopotamia. Playing to, FEMA, Red Cross. Right. Yeah. Um, and yeah, their technology, if we fly across freaking say, Amazon, those probably like, yeah, there's God again flying over in his freaking helicopter, whatever the hell that thing is. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we would do the same thing. Let's say they're advanced enough to where they figured out some propulsion system that doesn't burn gas or something, whatever, and can float. Well, let's call it a fucking saucer for fucking sakes. We don't know. But it's much more realistic to assume that maybe one of the past civilizations that we've got a little bit of evidence of might be advanced enough to fly where are they now well what would we do if uh, we tried to nation build and all of a sudden we, we found our we, we blew ourselves up or something like that from a fight after our all our nation building that we do you know we'd probably go and fucking hide if we got revolted against or where's the best place to hide where do we not look in the oceans yeah, I mean, it, that's true too. There could be fucking, you know, uh, oh God, there it just if they had lab. any kind of technology, yeah. they could just cover it up with a freaking cloak net and make it look like seabed. 
Yeah. Uh, let coral grow over it naturally. Yeah. You find a cave system or something. The largest cave system on the planet could be under the ocean. We got no fucking clue. Mariana's Trench. But the pressure down there is so insane. But, you know. Yeah, a couple thousand years of, of technological like, advancement exactly. or even evolution can exactly. fix that shit. That, sound, that sounds like, you know, Savage's problems. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> you get this whole plausible picture that maybe this whole UFO extraterrestrial stuff is actually a lot closer to home than you think yeah yeah um, and, and it all comes down to look at what we've done in the short twelve thousand years that we've been working at it and then think there's been periods of 60 to fifty thousand, fifty to sixty thousand years where it's been relatively quiet as well yeah <laughs> we've been here <laughs> so did we really just sit around for three hundred thousand years you know doing absolutely nothing it's and then all of a sudden come up with language math agriculture and start building buildings that serve very little purpose in making life better just to understand the mysteries of the Unless life is those what they're buildings at. actually served a purpose in making life better like charging stations for cargo ships <laughs> right <laughs> other than that what the fuck is the purpose yeah. of the pyramid okay you build a big giant fucking pyramid that's perfectly aligned to north why <laughs> and, and from a hunter-gatherer perspective why in the fuck would you do that <laughs> right and if you start thinking about well, how would these atlanteans ugh, have electricity why would they have electricity and well you think about it where they were at during this time is a lot like there's i actually did some uh research on these islands that exist kind of right smack dab in the middle of uh africa and antarctica uh, they're very small islands and they actually have vegetation on them but in their summer, it gets to about 54 degrees Fahrenheit. So you're dealing, the, the places over, you know, the, the, the Atlantean islands over there, they would have been very similar. So there's very few trees. You know, you don't have much, but you have to come up with some sort of way to conduct heat, make heat. Electricity is a fine way of making heat. Oh, well, we're, it's also we're a fine way enough to know about geothermal. You know, yeah, and there, there's plenty of fucking evidence of shit like that. And so, yeah. We have the Baghdad battery for just jewelry, apparently. Yeah, electroplating jewelry. I, we I, haven't found an electroplating piece of jewelry yet. You mean they came up yet. with electricity and said, you know what will be good for that? Cooking? No, nah, it's fucking stupid. Oh, how about we find our way around at night and maybe light some of these dark tunnels in these builder buildings? You're a fucking moron. Hang them. You know what we need? We need to electroplate gold onto fucking jewelry. That's what the fuck we need. And that's all we're <laughs> going to use them for. Fuck everything else. It's stupid. And that's, that's yeah, irrational. And we haven't found a single piece of it. <laughs> In all of the jewelry that we found from that fucking well, there we is, found there is like some, um, jewelry. There is some stuff in uh, Samaria, Egypt, um, Mesopotamia that is from this period that has been electroplated. In Baghdad uh, itself, no. that was leafed. No, there is electroplated. I, I, I saw a whole thing about oh, it. Okay, so. I'm going to have to look at that again. I, I could have swore that was leafed. There, there is some that there, there is some electroplating. Well, being leafed would have been just as much a miraculous feature at that time as well, because, you know, how in the hell do you learn to purify and shave gold into 10 full-size leaves? I mean... Yeah. <laughs> We're sitting around fucking starving. I'm just going to play yeah. with this, this rock. <laughs> And so I'm not trying to knock the fact that hey, we we we've got to a point where at some point we, you know, man did figure out that if you break a rock, you get a sharp edge and figure out how to you know no, use no, that. Those Z, are all major things, to, yeah, great, dude. 
at some point in time, that was the best technology on the planet. I just yeah. don't think it was you know, as Before early as 12,000 years ago. It was ago. all like grass and sticks inside termite mounds. That was I, all we had for tools. I think Stone Age existence you know, is civilization's default, much like tyranny is political default. <clears throat> uh. <laughs> when shit goes wrong and society crumbles, we go back to a stone age existence for a while and let the environment settle. Cause again, like I said, all the food, dwindles. You, don't, you don't have much of a choice. If it happens today, we, we will not be able to feed 8 billion fucking people. Nah, man. So the, the all those people down. are going to dwindle. The cities will get emptied. We'll be moving into the farmlands. We'll eat every fucking thing in sight way faster than it'll fucking grow. And people will start dying of starvation until we reach a point of equilibrium with what's currently on the planet and then we will stabilize and start to grow again from there as the planet heals itself from whatever the fuck happens i think that cycle has happened over and over and over again all the way to the point of an advanced civilization not just hey we got back up to where we can sharpen a rock <laughs> there's a a movie out called um oh what the fuck is it they're like in, on the space station growing algae and shit and they're looking down at the earth in the trailer they're looking down at the earth and like all the lights go out so like they became you know the in, the chance for saving society saving mankind I, I haven't seen the movie i just seen the trailer for it and i can't think of the fucking name now I got no idea. I hadn't even seen that much, but it sounds like something I want to look into and find, man, because, you know, that's a great premise to yeah. start a movie on. <laughs> and uh, as yeah, long as at some point in time the space station falls out of orbit and burns up in the atmosphere so we all lose anyway, then I'm all on board. <laughs> Hear me, producers. I want a fucking disaster like, movie that ends in disaster, not we fucking miraculously survive some fucking how. Well... There are movies like that. Uh, not as many as you like, though. Not as many as I would like. Like I said, man, they, they've made some real Cabin good disaster movies. Cabin in the Woods ends with the destruction of mankind and the Earth. That was a good one. Yeah. <laughs> I want more of that, man. Yeah, I hate this fucking... Yeah. Hey, we managed to survive in the end. Yay! Now, I want more movies that didn't like Gladiator, but on a massive scale. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want everybody to be whistling into the wheat field. But yeah, like said, folks, man, I told you we were going to go dating. This, doing the research in this, was, it really did spin me around in circles, man. <laughs> we actually started, this was originally going to be the first episode we did, and we started talking about it, and every time I would start researching it, I'd get so deep in the fucking weeds that I would just stop. Like, mm-mm. Because, -mm. <laughs> mm -mm, I mean... Like so it originally was going to be a, a brief on like aliens, like alien invade, like alien abductions, alien sightings, and we were going to touch a little bit on the ancient alien thing. But you know, Roswell's been done to death and shit, and we'll probably get around to Roswell at some point. Probably part of a government conspiracy, you know, series or some shit. But you know, you can only talk about a weather balloon, air quotes, <laughs> <laughs> so much, and. This hasn't been talked about hardly at all. Like, ancient aliens has hinted at things like this, 
But they're too hung up on the whole alien thing. Yeah, this is you know? still, you know, alternative archaeology, pseudoscience. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just now starting to catch traction in mainstream science. And, you know, it's a shame that we've wasted so much time looking away from this just because we couldn't find supporting evidence to prove that something else well, didn't the happen. The problem is you have every time there's supporting evidence, you got Eric Von Daniken screaming aliens. Well, <laughs> like the closest people being the first ones here on the on the North American continent. Supposedly, you know, we come across the Bering, the, the the Strait up there. When, yeah, but you know where Clovis technology developed? Yeah, over France. In, yeah. So <laughs> we walked all the way from France, all the way across Europe, across the freaking Strait, down here into North America. And to get over to, to the over eastern here. seaboard of America. Yeah. And <laughs> then we find... <laughs> more advanced stuff down south in South America is like, wait a minute, this stuff's older. How did these people get here? No, that was the Clovis. They went down there and they, you know, the, the technology advanced. Well, this is completely different. It, it's not the same. It wouldn't have went this direction. This is a step sideways, not forward. So, yeah. It, it doesn't fit. It, it, it really starts to open our eyes to different possibilities. Like, the, you know, maybe they came by boats because the water level was lower. It wouldn't have been such a bigger deal. And there were more islands out there to hop through if they tried to cross. But they could have went around the old Viking style and keeping land in sight. All Especially that stuff Especially when there worked. was an ice sheet. And you don't need a big giant boat to get it, to do that. Yeah. A canoe will work. Yeah, we go kayaking out in the ocean all the freaking time for fun nowadays. They, that's how they got to Australia. So the spread of mankind across the planet happened a lot faster and a lot more efficient than we give credit for. And it's happened more than once. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we've got practice at this. I, I, I do not think that we are the only birth of civilization on this planet. It's a period that has happened many times in my eyes, and we just haven't found the evidence because of the Earth going through its own cycle, causing our civilization to cycle. Yeah, and like I said, I don't, I don't, I'm not saying that aliens don't exist. I believe that they do. I just... I, I do, too. I, I don't think they've done much to in, interfere. There's life, they, I mean, life out there in other planets and part of our galaxy, solar system, galaxy? yes, absolutely. Life evolved here. Why wouldn't it evolve somewhere else? Yeah. But are they wasting all the energy to come check our boring little asses out? Maybe once or twice. And they're like, eh, okay, they're no threat. You know, we'll check on them in a million years. Or what if, what if there's someone like an evil version of the Vulcans out there? That every time we get to a certain level of society, they knock us down a peg or two. Well, that could be it. Maybe they're the ones that are, you know, redirecting the comet that would have missed us this time and saying, yeah. pulling it toward us. You know, we're already close. We're 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 in the path. All they got to do is divert it a little bit. Yeah, that's possible. Yeah. But you know, the ones that we're seeing flying around on a regular basis, so almost daily. No nah, man, yeah, I, I don't. I don't think they're coming that far. This for this. If you were riding home one night, even if we were the galactic yeah. zoo that everybody had to come see, I don't think think we'd get this much yeah, traffic. If, you, like if that. you and your uncle are out camping in the middle of the forest, and you lose several hours of time and your butthole hurts, it was your uncle who anally probed you. Yeah, not not the aliens. Go have your drink up, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess that's going to be it for our. Uh, Atlantis episode. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm going to name this one uh, What If God Was One of Us? Because, you know, aliens or Atlanteans were, the, were, the, were the, the, the model for God. And if it was just one of us, then 
It was just God was one of us. We were created in their image. I mean... <laughs> all right, folks. Again, thank you for listening. I know you guys have a choice in all your uh, entertainment time, and uh, you chose us for this particular block of it. Uh, we appreciate every single one of you. Again, don't forget to go in, click all the like buttons, and hit the follows. Make comments and you know share with your friends. Um, and of course, Patreon. You want to uh, know yeah, about that? Um, we got a new five dollar tier um, on Patreon. Uh, I'll give you uh, bonus episodes. We just released our first bonus episode yesterday. Um, but yeah, we uh, you got you got bonus episodes. You can you can chat with us as far as like you know you send us messages and whatnot. We're going to update it. We're going to get more tiers where there's going to be like live video chats and you know you could like we're, we've talked about doing like something similar to like a call in show. Uh, you'll get more bonus material. We're going to probably start doing videos. And, of course, early access before it hits Spotify yeah, uh, and all uh, the other venues. There definitely be an early access tier. But uh, basically, for now, if you guys want anything or want any feedback or have any ideas or just want to, you know, reach out and give us some some review that because we're on so much that I, I it's hard for me to find where all the review sections are. Just send us an email. Uh, stonerspointpod at gmail.com. You just send us an email there, and you know, I'll read it, and we'll get we'll get back to you until we get popular enough that there's a lot of emails, and then well, we'll just narrow that down to Patreon only. But uh, or we'll hire people and you know create jobs and you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there's that. <laughs> but yeah, again, so we have new peer uh, new tier level on Patreon. Uh, you also be able you can hit us up on our email. Uh, you can hit us up. You can find us on Spotify, Amazon Music. Uh, you can find us on Audible. We are on Twitter as well, but we have no followers because nobody loves us. Um, we're pretty much everywhere that podcasts are. Uh, I'm working on iTunes and Stitcher. They're kind of dicks, and they make things really hard. And, you know, and, until people start asking for it, I'm not going to kill myself trying to get an Apple an Apple iTunes thing. We seem to be doing pretty well. Uh, we're up to about 80 downloads so far with just the little shit we got. So, you know. Yeah. Uh, also to our listener in Brussels, Belgium. Fuck yeah, bro! I don't oh, know how yeah. I don't know how you found us, but you've listened to you 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 viewed our page three times as of this morning, and uh, and you've been doing some downloads and uh, just uh, keep spreading the point around, man. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> Share it with your friends, man. <laughs> All right, nice and, to uh, have you on board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, folks. This has been Michael, and this is Richard. And uh, this has been the Stoner's Point Podcast. You know, thank you for listening, folks. Remember, the mind is like a parachute. It only works when it's open. Look around and find out. <laughs> <laughs>